Hi there. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, pureandsimplebible.com, and I'm so thankful for your presence. We're in the middle of a mini-series on being fishermen and being brethren, specifically in a time when partiality seems to be on everybody's mind. And so we're wondering, how can Christians be effective and helpful in the world around us? If you remember last week, we spent some time first laying a foundation of a proper mental orientation, and that is a Christian's prerogative is to lead others to Christ. And while we want to be helpful, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, we do want to be helpful, really our end goal is that others may hear and others may know and come to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, today we're talking specifically about dealing with others in the world, who feel like they have been disenfranchised or that justice hasn't been served or that something is not fair and we as Christians want to help. So how do Christians interact with the world in regards to partiality? Marcus Mathis and Kenneth Magwood are back with me in studio. Let's jump right in, shall we? Marcus, I want to... uh, So I think Kenneth has just helped me understand the difference between mental orientation and, and the message that I'm going to be sharing with the world. So yeah, I've got to... I know I'm bringing people to Christ. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to be sensitive when somebody is hurting. Instead of me saying, "Well, you know, you should stop hurting because you just need Jesus and get over this," <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. you know, I'm I'm going to approach it with sensitivity. So uh, Kenneth just brought up the idea of being a fisherman, mm-hmm. and Marcus, what I'd like for you to do maybe is help us transition um, into this topic of fishermen, because for the first part of this mini-series is we're focusing on how do we interact with people who are not Christians, because there is going to be a different way, a different mindset that I'm going to talk to a Christian versus a non-Christian, but why do you think God uses fish as the example for the way we interact with uh, people in the world? Mm, That's a good question, and uh, I don't know if my answer is going to suffice, but I believe the reason why he uses fish is because there are all different types of fish and you use different techniques to catch different types of fish. And of course, I don't know too much about catching fish. You know, I used to fish a little bit when I was younger, but the only bait that we used was worms. Mm -hmm. So we catch, we caught the fish that were attracted to the worm. I mean, other people, as I grew up, they had specific lures and specific you know, maybe like uh, crawfish or crawdads or whatever it may be. And I'm sure it's okay. Certain fish that, you know, see that uh, type of bait and they go for it. And the thing about it is you, it, it may even go a little bit deeper than that to say that certain fish are going to be attracted to multiple kinds of lures. So the fish right. that eats the worm might eat the, you know, uh, crawdad as well. And with that in mind, it's like there's no one blanket approach to any specific fish. You know, you, yeah. you don't see that one fish and say, oh, well, that's that fish. So I'm going to throw this type of bait. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a black man. And you don't say, well, this is a black man. So I know I need to approach him <laughs> this way. Like, no, I'm black. But, you know, still you have to get to know me. It's right. not a certain category that you can put all people, all races, all genders in because all people are different. Kenneth is black. But I would say Kenneth is a different black man than I am, you know, and and it's not a bad way. Like the the 
the qualities and the traits and the and the mind and everything that Kenneth has is different than my mind. So you can't say, well, I'm going to approach Marcus and Kenneth the same, or I can't approach Jonathan the same, or whoever it may be. It takes time for us to get to know these people, or, or every single individual, for us to understand who they are and then realize what we can do to possibly, you know, help that situation. Of course, like I say, like you mentioned, we aren't making light of what anybody is going through or whatever, uh, you know, the circumstances or situations are. Uh, we want to help and we want to, you know, love that person and, and get that person to Christ. But to be a fisherman of men means that we have to know the, the fish and it's not just one type. Yes, we're going to feel more comfortable with certain fish, but at the same time, every single fish, every single person, they all matter. So that means that we need to step outside of our box and get into a different area where we aren't, wherever it may be, so that way we can give them people, uh, or those people, the gospel too. Everybody needs it. Rich, poor, uh, you know, middle class, uh, short, tall, wide, skinny, everybody needs the gospel. But right. it takes getting out of our comfort zone to go sit down and visit with someone, with anyone who's willing to listen to get them the gospel. You know, we, we've... Um... We've had several conversations about this leading up to the recording, and so the audience is going to be hearing our our final message. But so I say this, we've already talked about it, but I'm trying to make it seem as organic as possible. But Kenneth, I really like what you said about how the fish don't need to change; it's the fisherman that changes as far as how to to reach the fish. He doesn't stand there and with the same bait for a different kind of fish and say, "Well, now you need to get on this bait because it's it's what I've." got and you need to get on board. He's the one who's changing. Will you comment about that? Let's let's continue this example for a moment. Yeah, as Marcus was talking, I actually kind of furthered a lot it got a little deeper with some of my thoughts. You know, when we when he was talking about fish, you know, there's different ways of categorizing that. You can put every single one of them in one group. They're all fish. Right. Right. I mean, we even do it in science. You know, you got, I think, what genus and different species or whatever. You can you can break them up and you, you can pick whatever category that you want to break them up in, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so when we're fishers of men, I think it it's the same way. You know, you have a certain thought process that could be prevalent among a certain group of people. And that's your school of those kind of fish. And you have another thought, you know, or school of belief, you know, like those that are atheists typically have, you know, they, they, they're not copies of each other, but there is a school of thought that is different than uh -huh. perhaps, you know. School of thought, school oh, of hey, fish. Yeah, 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 I just thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but, I mean, I, I look at that because I was doing a little bit of um, to talk about maybe the different fishing techniques. Well, let, let, me, let me start about, let me do it this way. I think when we talk about the one type or sometimes people say we're all the same, um, keeping with that analogy, if God is the fisherman and we are the fish, I say we look at what he does. And God uses, he used one strategy and that was love. You know, how did he attract us? By love and kindness. I think in Jeremiah, he says, by love and kindness, uh, have I drawn thee? And so we know if we break down the plan of salvation, there's different parts, there's different elements, they did different things. You know, you can look at those as different methods and techniques, you know, Christ dying on the cross, you know, to even the Old Testament where he's, you know, putting harsh punishments for certain behaviors, all that comes back to the one strategy of, of love. 
And so as we try to fish, you know, for, for men, I think we should have the same strategy of love, but our methods may be different um, depending on, you know, that school of thought or that individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was looking up different styles and techniques, I, I realized basically a fisherman can try to get a group with like a net. They can do like net fishing. Or they can do like hand or with a, I think it's called angling. I don't know a whole bunch about fishing either, but essentially <laughs> one-on-one. Um, and I kind of see that example. And I think it was Jude with these methods. Um, he says, some we say with compassion, some we say by fear. And so this idea that we are kind of, you have to know your fish to know which, which one of these methods is going to work well with, you know, the person that has trauma. Am I going to try to add more fear and scare them to Christ? Or maybe, you know, maybe they might be the one that needs compassion. That might be a better method. But if my my only thing is I'm just going to use this one type, everybody gets fear. Everybody, I mean, the Bible says I can use fear. And so I'm just going to use it for everyone. There's going to be some fish that you're going to scare away. Sure. Because that's just not how they operate. You can't assume that every single one is going to be that way. And then it comes down to now, you know, your technique. How do you show your compassion? How are you going to? And that's where we get to these really specific examples. Maybe I call you up and just listen to, you know, your thoughts on a certain thing. Maybe, you know, really knowing who you're talking to, you can then practice that. And, you know, hospitality, inviting somebody over, your technique might be a little off. Somebody comes over to your house and you don't really, you're not the, the best host and you but the good thing about technique is the more you do it and the more you do it, the better you become. And so you get better at, you know, those people that need compassion. And if you want to use, if you, if you want to, that method that you want to use is inviting people over to show compassion, you get better at that. But to sit there and then blame the fish and be like, you know, for your poor fishing techniques mm-hmm. is, is ridiculous because right. you're kind of expecting the fish to do all the work. Now you're not, you're not, what's the point of the fisherman? If you expect them to already be strong, you expect them to already have a certain mentality, you know, if even down to like partiality or racism, if you're like, well, you should be able to, you know, overlook all these things. If you want to come to Christ, you're basically saying fish, you should be able to find the net yourself, Mm. you know? Yeah. Like, but that's, that's not your job is to bait the fish. Right. So you have to meet the fish where it's at. You have to know something about it. And that's what I... I think that's a direct analogy when Jesus says we're fishers of men. For you fishers out there, you probably get this way more <laughs> than any of that. But I think it's a great analogy, and that's why. And I, I think what you were saying is it brought up a lot of thoughts in my mind. Uh, you know, the the first thought that I had was it, if you are a certain type of fisher, I think you mentioned the idea of persuading by fear. Is that, is that what you were speaking about? Yeah, the Bible says save some with fear. Right. So if that's my main strength and I say, you know, I'm, the, the people that I'm speaking to, I'm going to get them all riled up and get them, you know, uh, to think fearfully and then they're going to obey the gospel. And that's your strength that doesn't give you excuse to stay there. Like you should be willing to go out and learn another way uh, of fishing. And the way that you do that is you go by somebody you'll go with someone who is using another technique to learn from them. Or, or open, you know, the Bible and see how Christ approached people and then you approach that people. You know, we're all going to have certain things that we, uh, uh, I guess our personality gives us a, a specific uh, idea and 
or, or we, it leans us towards a certain way, but we can all learn different ways. And then, you know, I think about the fish who does read the Bible, who does study it without a fisherman or, and who comes in, that person needs to be welcomed as well, because that person found the truth by reading the scriptures. But once that person is there in the truth, that person needs to see that truth. That person needs to feel and, and understand that that truth of what that person read from the scriptures is what the people who he, he or she is around lives out every single day. We don't want the, the fish that only studies the Bible and then comes uh, amongst the body to be to, to, to feel a certain way because uh, I guess of the mentality or the or the or the personalities of the fish that are already in the body, if that mm. makes sense. And, and the reason why I say that is because I was pretty close to coming to the truth before I met the person who began to expound upon the truth to me. And, you know, I, I thank God for that person. But I was putting some things together before I ever met that person to say, well, this is not right because this is not in the Bible. And that's what they aren't doing. And, you know, why is it this be done? So this being done. So I was very inquisitive about what was around me. And, and I'm sure some people can still find the truth. By reading, I know some people can still find the truth by reading the scriptures. We have to believe they can, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, right? We got to believe there's folks out there who can read the Bible and find truth. Right. And I, I just want to make a comment. I know we started off and we we're talking about partiality, and I want to show how how this relates or how the differences relate. Um, you know, we Marcus is is talking about this, and to me the fish uh, that we're referring to when I said the strategy of God is by, by love and kindness, have I drawn thee? And when we talk about love, it's a lot of people interpret that differently. We have a whole bunch of poems. You have a lot of different you know ways of people <laughs> interpreting love, but love has to be manifested in a specific way to be received. Um, if you've ever heard of the five love languages, you know, people, there's one that's like words of affirmation. They feel loved when they get words of affirmation. And then you can, uh, you know, if I try to give you a gift, it doesn't necessarily register to me as love. I think it's a different, but maybe something nice, you know, but there can be examples where your intentions can be completely looked at as an insult. You know, when it comes down to now cultural backgrounds or mm -hmm. cultural differences, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've never left the country before. So I'll just make up this example, you know, imagine one of the things, you know, we do in America is we high five, but let's <laughs> pretend there's a place on earth where if you go and you give them high fives, they see that as an insult. And so I'm like, I want to greet them. I want to show them love. So I give them a high five and without knowing I'm insulting a group of people or right. anybody that thinks that. And so for the person that, you know, we, we get the spiritual concept, there is a practicality to this. I need to know about this person, their background, their culture, so I can properly manifest my love to them. Mm. I want to still draw them. So learning about them, learning about, you know, their history or, or various aspects about them helps me to be able to then manifest that that love. So now if I know really a high five is an insult, you would rather me, I don't know, do a fist bump or elbow bump or I don't <laughs> whatever it sure. is within that culture, then now I'm able to... I'm able to do that. And I think Paul is an example of that. He became all things, all people, you know, he was able to adapt to whatever environment he was and still get results because he was able to adapt, you know, and that 
he became weak to the weak and strong to the strong. And there's various examples where he talks about, you know, differences, but learning about that's this is why in the beginning it seemed like we don't care we just bring them to the gospel (laughs) but the gospel includes all these things you know those methods include loving and learning and and understanding you can't you can't isolate those two things right right i'm glad you mentioned first corinthians 9 i had my bible open i was ready to go and you brought it out so yeah first corinthians 9 if anybody wanted to take notes it's verse 19 through uh 23 he starts out by saying, for though I'm free of all, I've made, I've made myself a servant of all that I might win the more. And he does it for the gospel's sake to win the more. And I also think of um, the parable of the good Samaritan. You've got a guy who uh, is manifesting the gospel of love the neighbors yourself with somebody that is not his normal neighbor. So mm-hmm. there's a, yeah, that's true. there's some, some good teachings on that. Um, Marcus, what are some practical ways that we as a Christian can help somebody in the world who may be hurting based on uh, the way they have been treated as far as partiality or racism is concerned? Um, I want to give our listeners some, some practical tips. We know that the gospel is where they need to be headed. We know that each person may require a little bit different uh, methodology of getting them to the gospel as fish are different, but just in your experience, uh, what are some practical things you could do to help somebody in the world who's hurting? I would just try to try to help them understand, uh, as, as Kenneth already alluded to that the ultimate problem is sin. You know, uh, I understand that you're hurting and I understand that the pain and, you know, uh, the, the agony that you may feel because of these events that have occurred in your life. And while at the, while at the same time, what is the root cause of what you are going through? Mm-hmm. And, and who is this fight against? Is this fight against the person who wronged you? Or is this fight against sin? Or, or you know, in all actuality, it's against sin because what's happening to you is a result of sin. And in my mind, if you understand that light, then you know that the answer to that is Christ. <laughs> I know we keep pointing back to Christ, but that's the answer. Mm-hmm. You're not, you don't want to address the a symptom. You're trying to cut to the, the underlying issue that's causing the, symptoms that manifest so good because i might because i might not ever be able to take away that experience i I can't take away that experience and i might not ever be able to stop it from happening again and that's for each and every single one of us when we go through hurt and frustrations and pains you know that those things may happen time and time after again and and how do you take them away how do do you tell that you know the person or whoever to stop doing that you know i work with kids and kids are some, uh, sometimes adults and kids are the same. You know, the adults <laughs> that I work with, you want them to do certain things. So you tell them where well, you need to show up at this place on time and you talk to them over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, something may happen and they may, uh, you know, do what you're asking them to do or they may not. But are you going to arm wrestle them and make them do it? I mean, 
when you think about the relationship between a husband and a wife, the wife is to submit to the husband, but this is a free will. Like it's a submission that has to happen by her choice. She, you can't, the husband can't force her to submit. That's not how God designed it. So the, the wrong and the injustices that are occurring, nobody can force or stop that person from doing that. I can explain to you how that is wrong in the, in the light from what the scripture shows and then help you get to the person who has solved that issue. Well, I'd like to add to that, Marcus. Um, you know, the way I see it practically is I would say, um, listen, uh, yeah. understand and yeah. be compassionate. And I'd like yeah. to give a very specific example as to why I said that. Um, I remember I gave a lesson at a New Year's meeting a long, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago. I can't remember, but it was talking about smaller steps. And I think when we have a new babe in Christ, we don't expect them to have the entire picture. We allow them time to grow, to get from step one to step two and step three. I think it's similar to that in the world. Sometimes Satan has, you know, his clutches around some people in so much darkness that they can't really even see Christ. They don't, they need, all they can do is feel around and, and it's just, you know, try to get out of that and to just expose them. It's like, if you've ever come out of a, you know, a room that's been at, in your bed at night and the lights off and then you just turn on the light and it's just too bright, just too much, <laughs> you know, you got to kind of ease your way into it. If you really want to, you know, help the world, there are going to be some people that have been so traumatized by certain things that you can't just come out there guns a blazing with, you know, John 3 and 16, <laughs> you know, I, I would submit that you might have to use a different approach because of the fish. In Titus chapter 2, verse uh, 10, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior. Now, there's a whole lot of context missing, but there's it's just part of somebody's uh, character traits, and they are to adorn the doctrine of Christ. And we have the sword of the Spirit, but we can either use it like a scalpel or we can use it like a club. And sometimes you do need to get clubbed over the head with the gospel, and there's other times when your heart needs to be worked on very delicately. And I've never been involved, to the point you just made, I've never been involved in a conversion that happened based on one sermon. Kind of wish I could just so I could, you know, say, wow, I'm, I'm such a good preacher that it just took this one time and this atheist turned into a Christian, but I'm not that good of a preacher. And uh, I think the power is in the gospel and not in me. And so if we were to plant and water, it seems more likely that in somebody's heart, it's going to take time and tending before they can grow into the person that God would have them be. Well, we're going to pause right there, and I'm going to invite you to come back next week to wrap up this wonderful conversation that Brother Kenneth and Brother Marcus joined me in as we talked about how we can help whenever the sin of partiality is present. How do we help one another, which is what we're going to talk about next week? How do we help the world, which is what we just got wrapped up with? And what's a good mindset to have as we prepare ourselves for this great struggle? And that's what we talked about last week. You know, Kenneth brought up a scripture in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, and that is, By love and kindness have I drawn thee. And we've been spending a whole lot of time talking about 
uh, fish and trying to draw this comparison that we as the fishermen are interested in trying to get the fish instead of uh, making the fish do all of the work to get into our net. So I hope that resonated with you. It certainly did for me. And really what it helps me do is remember that instead of trying to win every argument and prove myself right in every discussion that I get in that is outside of the Bible, that I want to consider what somebody has to say, as James chapter 1, 19 says, I want to be a good listener, so that I can sympathize, I can empathize, and when the time does come to share the gospel, that they will see me as an ally, as a friend, and as someone they trust. So think on these things, meditate and pray about it, and come back next week and join us as we move the discussion towards brethren. How do we interact with brethren whenever partiality is on the table. So until next week, please go to the website. I always say it and I always will. The stuff, all of it's there for you to utilize and it's absolutely free to download and use. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon, he was a man like me.